This was probably some of, if not the most scary moments of my life so far. I was about 16, 17 years old, currently 22. I've had very vivid dreams growing up. At a young age, due to my mother and I being very sensitive to the paranormal, I taught myself how to lucid dream. My dream was going normal for like, dream standards. I was running through some sort of Asian market with my dad. We were chasing my dog who was being scared by this little three foot tall demon looking thing. It was this ugly, gray, bald looking thing. Anyways, as dreams do, we suddenly jump cut to my parents' house. I'm on the landing of our stairs looking toward the kitchen talking with my mom and dad about this little demon dude scaring our dog. Then I look up at the stairs and I see him staring back at me. At this point, I'm pissed and chase him up the stairs. Instead of arriving to the top of my house's steps and seeing our upstairs, I'm in an office building, a dark hallway lined with doors with either mirrors or windows on them. Things felt ominous. I immediately took over and started lucid dreaming. Something felt off. I started making my way down the hallway. I heard a faint laughing as I started passing the doors. In the reflection laughing back at me was a man with a hat and a trench coat. I now presume this to be the hat man guy we seem to talk so much about. As I start picking up the pace down the seemingly endless hallway, the laughing started to grow louder and heavier. It was a deep, bellowing laugh. It sounded maniacal. I kept looking at the reflection. I wasn't showing up in them, but the hat man was, just standing there and laughing. He had his hat over his face so I couldn't see him. When I finally got to the end of the hallway, I was face to face with him. Once again, he was in a mirror, but now he was mirroring me. He moved when I moved. He stood how I stood. He finally looked up and staring back from underneath his hat and trench coat was me. In my fear, I punched the glass. I punched through and had to catch myself from falling from an incredibly tall building over a booming city at night. I looked back up once I caught myself and there he was. I was, still laughing at me, just floating there. I told my mom about it the next day. As stated before, she has experience with these kinds of things. When I told her about the laugh, she told me about how she had heard that same laugh every night since she was 13 years old. She's currently 52, so that's a lot of nights. Her dream was about the devil grabbing her and trying to pull her away. The only way she could stop it was by praying the rosary. A few months later, I was walking around my neighborhood with a friend. She was telling me about a dream she had about a man in a black hat and trench coat. That he was standing in a landing of some stairway and he started chuckling and slowly began to turn to face her. She woke up as he faced her. All she told me she could remember was that his face seemed familiar. I never told anyone other than my mom. That story between my dream and me hearing about my friends. There was no way she could have known about my dream. Today we'll be discussing the elusive hat man a fear-inducing harbinger commonly reported in witness encounters with shadow people, and that is Freaky Deaky.
Bruh. Yeah, so a uh, kind of a rundown of what today is. A little while back in our second episode of Sleep Paralysis, we had uh, Will on discuss his his accounts with sleep paralysis, UFOs, all that fun stuff. And his wife, Amanda, is actually going to be joining us for part two of the Hatman episode. And part two is going to be similar to what part two of Sleep Paralysis was. It's not all going to be Hatman. It's really just sitting down with her because she has a wealth of paranormal experiences to share. And so we're going to lead in with it, this episode, Hatman. We'll tell a couple stories. We'll give you a little rundown on the history or what we could find of the history. Eventually, at, after this, it's gonna. I'm not sure if it's going to be the immediate next episode or if it's going to be a few episodes later. But we are going to do an interview with uh, Amanda coming on the show to talk about her experiences, and that'll be part two of this episode. I know from hearing her, it's not one th- like she hasn't just seen the Hatman once. Like this, like when we asked her, "Have you seen Hatman?" She's like, "Oh, I see him all the time." She's like yeah. the tall, you know, the tall top hat guy, and we're like, "Yes." Yeah. Please That's tell us more. We want to hear. Yeah. But we've kept it under wraps because like we like to be surprised by our stories, you know, when she yeah. gets on. So, so stay tuned. We'll have her. She's a nurse and busy, you know, schedule has three kids and yeah. does a lot, but she's going to join us on. So, so that's just kind of a little rundown. And now uh, we'll dive into what we could find of the, the history or the lore. The following is a section of an article written by Lee Burroughs entitled The Hatman Origin and History. Burroughs himself states that finding the true origin of the Hatman is difficult to track down, but he found an interesting connection to a video game released in 1998, and I thought it was worth sharing. Although, through further digging, I will state that I was able to track down a story that occurred in the 80s, but we'll get to that later. So, Christian, do you want to give a little rundown on this uh, this video game? Yes. The entity known colloquially as the Hatman is a recurring phenomenon that has been reported amongst a wide variety of people, including myself and some of my former classmates. In appearance, it takes the form of a humanoid donning a unique hat from which its name is derived and is often completely faceless, being but a mere silhouette. In my experience, he took the form, in my experience, he took the form of a shadow on my wall as soon as I recognized it. I felt an immediate sense of dread overcome me. I must admit I was a skeptic to its existence until that very night. The Hatman from research seems to be a fairly recent phenomenon, as I failed to pinpoint his first appearance in our realm. However, I can conclude that his existence has been noted since, at the earliest, 1998, as the video game LSD Dream Emulator. That sounds like an amazing game. I know, right? I'd never heard of it before I found that. Features his unmistakable likeness as a threat to the player, and with the underlying themes of the obscure obscure game and its development, it would not be unreasonable to assume the Hatman was an inspiration for the video games in Famous Gray Man. We'll have a screen grab for the from the video in our show notes on social media for this episode, so be scared. I am. Osamu Sato, a lead developer of LSD Dream Emulator, spent time studying the diary of Hiroko Nishikawa, a fellow game developer in a different studio. During his time crafting his game and based the world and its inhabitants on this aforementioned diary, the Gray Man seems to be a heavily recurring character during the game and serves as the closest kindred to the antagonist, stalking the player and waking them from the dream world if he makes contact with them or similar, simply disappearing. Behaviors awfully similar to the Hat Man. I am all but doubtless that Nishikawa has encountered the Hat Man at some point in his life, whether it be in the mundane world or the land of dreams. Perhaps even Sato himself has encountered this entity as his interpretation of the creature's likeness is all too accurate. 
Yeah. And that was, um, again, that was from a article written by um, Lee Burroughs that I came across. And I thought that was interesting because I, this is the first time I had ever heard of that video game. And there was a picture along with that article of the hat man in this video game or the gray man, as they called it. And it looks exactly like what people say the hat man looks like. Just a black silhouette, wide brim hat. And I'm like, damn, that is interesting. I would love to get my hands on that diary of that video game developer to uh, to kind of read those entries to see exactly what inspiration he took. And if it was from personal accounts and stuff like that, yeah. like Burroughs kind of suggested. I wonder if you can get it online. It'd be interesting. It, it looked like it's the graphics look straight up like Duke Nukem style. So classic of that era, I suppose. But that was the, the stuff back then. Mm hmm. And yeah, never heard of that game before, but it did sound like it'd be an interesting, <laughs> an interesting play, interesting storyline. It almost seems like maybe something you that wasn't released in the States. Could have been. Yeah. Partly because of the name. LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I've never heard anything on that. Yeah. On top of that, I was able to find a an article written for the uh, the San Antonio Current which I, I'm assuming is a newspaper from San Antonio that kind of detailed a couple of sightings out there, which if it's if it's enough to make you know the press, I find that kind of intriguing. Heather, do you want to read that article real quick? Yes. So this is an excerpt from San Antonio Current article by Ken Gerhard. Just recently, I interviewed a local woman named Stacy Alejos, who related an extremely creepy and disturbing tale to me. According to Stacy, when she was a very young girl living on the far west side of San Antonio, she was awoken one night by an uncomfortable sensation and felt eerily compelled to look out her bedroom window. As her eyes adjusted to the darkness, Stacy could clearly make out the outline of a humanoid figure standing behind the white picket fence that surrounded her yard. Though she couldn't make out much in the way of features, she could clearly discern what she interpreted to be a pork pie hat atop the figure's head. As Stacy watched fearfully, the being began sidle in a strange sideways motion, all the while keeping its outstretched arms on the top fence post. When she noticed the audible crunching of dried leaves beneath the entity's feet, Stacy was quite sure she was not dreaming nor imagining things. Understandably terrified, the young girl dove underneath her sheets, quaking in fear until morning. Her adamant attempts to wake her aunt, who was sleeping next to her at the time, was futile. It almost seemed as if her aunt had been in a trance. This event had a profound impact on her since as she grew older. Stacy admittedly developed a fascination with all things paranormal, much to her parents' dismay. Though remarkably, she also learned that her parents had claimed to have sighted an inexplicable disc-shaped object hovering above their property one night, though they didn't like to talk about it. The utterly synchronistic aspect of Stacy's experience occurred just recently when she met another San Antonio woman who related a nearly identical sighting to her. In fact, the other woman had volunteered the information with absolutely no knowledge of Stacy's encounter, and perhaps even stranger, still both women discovered that they grew up in adjacent neighborhoods. As unbelievable as it sounds, within the field of paranormal research, there are many references to specter-like apparitions known as shadow people, ghostly black figures that appear in people's peripheral vision and suddenly vanish into thin air. These phantoms are believed to be subsist of on fear and are often perceived to be bad omens. Interestingly, there are numerous accounts on a specific shadow being known as the Hat Man, whose black fedora is immediately recognizable by all who see him. Skeptics would be quick to explain the shadow people as the product of mere hallucinations or perhaps imaginations gone wild. But there are some intriguing theories that have been put forward to explain the phenomenon, including demonic manifestations or interdimensional visitors. That was an interesting article. 
you don't see too many uh you know media sites that actually post stuff that is kind of on the fringe and the fact that they like she found someone else that turns out they were in a like you know adjacent neighborhoods that's interesting like what 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 do you think about that christian you think it's uh possibly just a creeper that was walking out at night i mean it could be but part of me thinks that the way the the hat man stories go it's more of a a, like a a mental manifestation almost Mm. Uh, and maybe there's a certain commonality yeah that tells me that it's it's part of our psyche um including early on when we were talking about the guy that saw himself yeah yeah and to me, that almost seems like if you were to go down Carl Jung's pathway, you might say that that's the shadow self of the person. Hmm. Um, and it's just they've manifested it in their in their psyche to where they're maybe even seeing it. And if you want to go down Dexter's pathway, it's his dark passenger, if you will. Yeah, could be. Exactly. Hmm. I mean, we all have that shadow side Yeah, that we're not very good at knowing. And maybe this is a way of, of having to deal with that. Where the sh- the dark the shadow is communicating with you in some way that seems more likely than there being some kind of hatman entity actually out there. Hmm. I mean, it could possibly happen. Yeah. The fact that there are similar stories from everybody, you could probably go farther back into time and find something similar to the hatman. But it, it, I tried and I found a couple that, but it would have been a stretch. Like one, I think the the wall wall slider or wall slider from German folklore, hmm. but that is similar to the old hag that just sits on your chest or suffocates you or whatever like yeah. that. And so that's, that could be one. And maybe it's not the past types of stories didn't have a hat because at that time, maybe the hat wasn't a thing. Cause an, another one I think was a Greek God. I can't remember who it was though. No, it wasn't Greek. It was uh, middle Eastern. Uh, I'll, I'll link some different, I just didn't include it cause it didn't seem solid enough for me to, to put it in here as like, yeah, this is definitely a possibility. It just, I don't know. It seemed kind of, it would be fun to listen to somebody's story about the hat man, mm. you know, telling us in person yeah, and seeing how they envision their experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... it so- sounds very supernatural. And since I struggle more with the supernatural, I would probably lean toward just something in your mind, but shocker. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's very, left, very leftist yeah. of me. Yeah, no, what, what's striking about Hatman stories for me in particular is that there's so many different accounts and there's so many different like, you know, they're not all the same. Like some of them are like, no, it spoke to me. Very few, but some of them actually say, no, this thing spoke to me. And the majority of them are like, hey, it felt pretty evil. I felt that sense of dread when I saw it. And so, I mean, I've read like one or two where they're like, no, it's a good entity. I'm like, get that weird shit out of here. But anything going into my room in the middle of the night dark and shadowy i'm sorry i'm not going to call it a good entity Same. immediate fear if i'm in my like bed trying to sleep and something's coming towards me like immediate like not going to get a good positive vibe off this yeah. i'm going to reserve judgment until i speak to the entity and see what they have to say back well that is the christian answer we we're looking for <laughs> yeah i just wanted to kind of point that stuff out like there are a lot of like one thing that was interesting about that last story was they those parents also had like ufo like a yeah. UFO account. I'm like, oh, I've never heard that like correlation between UFOs, shadow people or the hat man could make sense too. This next one is from Reddit and it comes from user Yoda boy two two twenty three. Yoda boy. Isn't there an S it's at an the end I. of that? Two twenty threes. Yoda boy two twenty threes. Maybe. I don't know. Yoda boy hit us up. Let us know. What is the meaning behind your username? This is my story about how I saw a man in my garage. One night I could hear my cats meowing from downstairs. I thought maybe they didn't have any food. 
When I got to the garage, I could see the lights faintly flickering through the cat flap. I walked in and started to feed my cats. I was pouring some food as I saw a figure in the corner of my eye. I quickly turned and nothing was there. I walked out of the garage to go back to bed and as I did, the lights started flickering again. I thought it was weird, but in the end, thought nothing of it. It was about an hour later as I heard my dog barking at something again from the garage. By the way, my cats and dog getting really well. They grew up together. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, you got to add that detail at other people. Yeah. Otherwise, people will be like, it's cats and dogs, man. No. I was really confused at first. My cats, now my dog. As I walked in, I rubbed my eyes because I was tired. When I took my fingers off my eyes, there was a tall figure in the corner exactly where my dog was barking. The figure was about six foot and had a hat on. I closed my eyes and opened them again and he was gone. I called my dad and went and stayed at his house for the night. That was the first time I ever saw the hat man. I didn't know anything about the hat man before that night and found this subreddit. Not knowing other people have seen this man, I thought I was just crazy. Even today, I see glimpses of him. What do I do? You just deal with it. salt. So that's, and that's like, I put that one in there. Like it's not the best written story, but I put that one in there because there's a physical aspect to it as well. The fact that this guy goes down back in the garage and his dog is barking at something. And after he rubs his eyes, he opens them and there's a being right where the dog was barking at. And there's, there's like speculation that animals can see into the spirit realm or whatever it is, you know? So I I was like, that's interesting too. Like it just adds to me a little more credibility behind the possibility of Hatman being a real entity and not just a figment of your imagination or like something that's passed on through the, the ancient days to now of, of just fear incarnate, you know? Well, and as far as like his grammar and everything, when I read Reddit stories, honestly, sometimes I find the ones with the worst grammar more believable because mm. I'm thinking like maybe they're really scared. They're flustered. I know when I have a lot to tell, it's not coming out grammatically perfect, where if you're like taking the time to really write and yeah. kind of dramatic pause and things, I'm like almost like it's just like there being some Reddit author trying to really write a good story to sound good. Yeah. So I wouldn't take his grammar. You know, I, I oh, think I it almost adds yeah. more believable. Like he just got on and was like, oh, man, I'm really scared about this. I'm trying to, you know, get my thoughts. And if anyone else has seen this, what it could be. Some of the fun things about Reddit is you you kind of get to hear the story in, in their voice because of the, the they, grammar they yeah. use is what they usually use for discussing things. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody has spent a lot of time writing. I think we get used to it with text when we, now we don't capitalize or, you know, use, use anything else properly. I still text. do for whatever that's worth. Hmm? I still do for whatever that's worth. Yeah. I mean, I do sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, whatever, they get it. Yeah. And I think that's the same with Reddit. Reddit is like, you put your information out there sometimes and people will get it. I'd like to tear down that story a little bit. Go for it. First off, he has a cat, which tells you that he's a sane human being. Watch yourself. You're talking to a cat guy. Cat people tend to (laughs) live in the spirit realm a little bit, whether it's an actual spirit realm or like the clouds. What are you insinuating, sir? Cat people are witches. I have a really funny book in my house. That's actually my husband brought back when they closed the clinic in Wasilla, but it's titled My Dogs Are Better Than Cats. And I leave it on my coffee table just for everyone. So it's a fiction book. I mean, straight if you, facts. all the scary stories, straight facts. cats yeah. come up and like put their butt in your face and rub it up on yeah. you and being all weird. And, and they, they, you know, they the way cats are, walk they're all like, over where they go to the bathroom and then jump all over your counters like little a-holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They make, they, they have that toxioplasma, something like now, that. I grew up with cats and I do like them. I just, my son's allergic and I have dogs. I like, I still s- like to always poke fun. I like yeah. cats too. Yeah. It but it's known like through it. history that the cats are associated with demons and the devil cats are protectors from the demons and the devil 
I mean, you look at like ancient Egypt and stuff and the amount that, that they, they practically worship cats, you know, like, yeah. I just wanted to pick on Scott for his cat stuff. So that's not really a, a, a debunking thing, but it does tell me that could be something there. Yeah. And nevertheless, she persisted. All right. I am resilient, unfazed by both of your hatred for cats. I don't hate them. I like them. It's too late. I can't have them. So is that what you both got from the story that I just read to you is cats? No, he rubbed his eyes, which will make you see weird stuff. I didn't think his cat statement was weird. I thought it was weird that he had to put that his cat and dog are friends. Like I wasn't, that wasn't my state. Like, oh man. You know, that's what the internet. Fido and Milo get along. (laughs) But but that's the thing is, look, like I told China, when we get a cat, we have to get at the same time we get a puppy. So they grow up together and they don't hate each other. And so it is, it's a common thing for people that want both. Like we want a cat and a dog. I've, I've had my, we had multiple cats and dogs growing up and we got them at different times and yeah they might not like each other for a few weeks but eventually they get over it I yeah mean, it's too much trouble living in a house i don't think cooper angry. really liked rocky when we brought another dog in but now they lay on the same dog bed i mean cooper every time has to like let out a growl of like i don't want you here but <laughs> you know i don't think they love each other but they don't hate each other well rocky loves him yeah cooper you know so christian do you what do you think about the fact that you know when he did see something it was in the exact spot that his dog was barking at Dogs know, unlike cats. Dogs know. Dogs what? are smart. Dogs. Cats, cats are just evil. Okay, so dogs dogs know that something that lives only in that person's mind is standing in the garage. Maybe, maybe that person projected My dog energy. Had the same hallucination. Yeah. No, maybe the dogs like. Why is there that weird energy coming from my owner's brain sitting over there on that wall? You're well, making this up, man. Stop no, it. No, but he yeah. went in there because of the animals. It's not like he was already out there then, yeah. you know, investigating. Then the dog started acting all sus, you uh, know. A no, leisurely was, stroll through the garage. Yeah, no, he went out there because the dogs and cats are acting weird. And that's, I mean, like I told you guys, I remember this fall when Rocky was growling at the wall. And I'm like walking around like, is there a vibe here? Like maybe a mouse? Like what the heck's going on? Yeah. What also shows you, too, that animals in general see a different... in a a different way than us so they could see a dimension that we can't see based on you know animals and bugs mm. you know if you want to talk about dimensions they can see things that aren't in the dimension we see oh yeah or we can experience so yeah, cats do that all the time when they just stare down like a hallway or something like that and you're like yo what do you see dude the devil yeah. the devil my sister's cat i don't know we got we got a couple more stories to get through through get through too so christian if you want to lead us into uh number three here all right from the Hatman Project. Yeah, and actually, before you start, that's that's a pretty good resource. There's just a, a lot of well, as you would guess it, Hatman stories posted on there. But I want to reference that in um, yeah. Sleep Paralysis Part One because yeah. I, I did pull stuff from Hatman Project too. Good website. Hopefully, we didn't do the same story. I don't think nope. we did. Mm-mm. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, that would be no, because we didn't touch too much into Hatman yeah. because at the time is when you know, true, yeah, Tony Merkel was covering, and we didn't want to do a full episode at that point, but. True. I think yeah. we have our own spin. We have our own guests. So true. true yeah, true, that true. was a lot of talking about fake phenomena at one time. If yeah, we know. do a lot of that here, don't we, Christian? <laughs> yeah, sure do. I didn't know there was a hat man phenomenon until this evening. I thought the experience was mine alone until I watched a documentary on sleep paralysis today. I was struck by the similarities that some of the people experienced to what I'd experienced as a teenager in the mid to late 80s and decided to Google it by describing the characteristics of what I saw. I will give a description here. I was around 15 years old and stayed up late in the family room watching TV while the rest of the family slept upstairs. Christian's note, don't ever do that. That's when the scary stuff happens, when everybody else is asleep. I was tired, so I turned the TV off and fell asleep on the couch. 
I had been asleep for a little while when I faintly heard someone call my name. I was tired and I also wasn't quite sure I heard anything at all, so I ignored it and fell back to sleep easily. A few seconds later I heard it again, only more pronounced. I opened my eyes and saw two people sitting on the chairs opposite of the couch on the other side of the room. At that time, I vaguely remember thinking it must have been my parents. The two figures stood up and slowly started moving toward me. This is the point, also again a Christian note, where smart people run. At this point I was not afraid, probably why he's not I'm running. not afraid. I was under the impression that I had sleep in my eyes or my eyes wouldn't open far enough to see past my eyelashes. All I could see were these two dark figures. One was very tall and as I described it to my mother the next day appeared to be wearing a hat similar to Abraham Lincoln's with a long trench coat type jacket. The other appeared to be a shorter female type body but I could see no details, no faces, nothing but a semi-solid dark black outline. Sort of. It's hard to explain. It was solid looking and I could tell it was 3D. So anyway, back to the incident. As they came toward me across the room, I was still not afraid. I was confused. I kept blinking my eyes, rubbing them, and at one point actually tried to hold my eyes open farther. When they were about a foot away from me, it dawned on me that I was seeing them clearly. At this point, I became very afraid. I tried to call my mother, but no sound worth calling it sound would come out. The tall man with the hat leaned forward and reached out his hand to touch me, and at that moment I pulled the blanket over my face. I'd never been so afraid in my life. I stayed under that blanket afraid to look, every muscle in my body at full tension for hours until I saw the first bit of light pass through. Then I hightailed it up the stairs to my mother's room as fast as my sore legs would take me. I was sore over my entire body for about a week after that incident. I had eventually chalked the whole thing up to being in a dream state and having a very active imagination until today, when I read blog after blog describing the, this man and his actions almost to a T. I will be processing this for some time, I am sure. What I found interesting about that one was, it reminded me of like, you guys remember me seeing that, that figure or those figures or whatever it was in our Eagle River house. And one of them like leaned forward and was like pointing towards China, like was about to touch her on the head. That's what I pictured when this, when this uh, lady, maybe a lady, I don't know. Whoever wrote this story said that these, this thing came over and the, the one with the hat leaned over and tried pretty much touching my face. Every time you tell that story, it creeps me out so much into the sense of now I'm sitting here thinking, I was just saying we should go camping together or stay in a cabin mm. together, all of us. And now I don't know if I want Scott's bad juju sleeping in the same vicinity as us. Like, what's he going to bring in? I mean, if anything, I will alert you guys to if there's some weird shit going on. I'm going to ring around my bed before I go to sleep. Yeah. Like, Scott's here. I got to smudge the camper. I'll, I'll be the only one in, in a tent outside. <laughs> like, one yeah. thing. Uh, so we all get the camper. Scott, here's a tent. Yeah. Have some fun. One thing we definitely need to do to make sure Scott brings things with him is bring a Ouija board. Nope. Oh, wow. I can't wait. Yeah. It can go in Scott's tent. Um, I didn't sign up for that. I'm going to go ahead and put my foot down and say no to that right now. You are not willing to actually explore another realm for the podcast. I explore other realms all the time. I don't need a Ouija board to do that, man. Yeah, he's got an Oculus. I do. I explore the digital simulation realm, and that is freaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like that that story in general, like, I don't know. One one thing that also kind of jumped out to me about it was the, uh, like, there's a lot of stories of, of people that see the hat man, and there's, like, minions with him. Like, little shadow That's people, minions. terrifying. Like, his little tiny. Yeah. Like he's the leader of the shadow yeah. people. And so like, so this one, there wasn't minions, but there was another one. I always love the whole like difference in hats. 
I know, you hear right? people, it's either a fedora, a top hat, like a, you always reference Abe Lincoln, yeah, like Mr. Bowler, Peanut over yeah. here. Like the wide personally, one. I see one. I hope he has a cool top hat. Yeah. Make him a little taller. Might be a little freakier. You know, the hat thing actually makes me not believe this is an entity. Because of the difference in hats? No, because of just the hat in general. Maybe people are just really bad at describing a hat. They thought, you know, fedora yeah. and a top hat are the same thing, which they're clearly not. Yeah. I think there's like an old archetype that has to do with this. With hats? Yeah. I'll come back at another episode and update you on what, what I What if it's the ghost of Abe Lincoln just effing with us all? No, I think he did that to Winston Churchill, though, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And Winston Churchill's like response to him was just classic. What was his response? Uh, I think he was getting ready to take a bath or something. So Churchill's like buck naked and he sees uh, like the ghost of Abe Lincoln or whatever. And he says, it would appear, Mr. President, that you have me at a disadvantage. And I'm like, if I saw a ghost and I was as eloquent as that man was, no. Nah. Next yeah. level stuff. It would right appear there. to me <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that's probably I'm like, not word for word. Get out of here. Yeah. Naked. Probably not word for word. Like, but Rude. But seriously, great response to seeing old uh, Honest Abe. Old so, Honest Creeper. And I've got uh, another story from same thing, thehatmanproject.com. I was 23 when I experienced what I think people call the hat man. It was by far the most terrifying experience of my life. First, let me say it was early morning and still dark. My mother and I were both nurses, so working day shift, we left early for work before daylight. I was staying with my mom to save up money. Single mom worries. My mother would drop my five-year-old son off to daycare for me because it was on her way to work. We lived on five acres with large lights on wooden poles throughout the property that turned on by a timer. It gave a sense of protection because it would get really dark. But this illusion was dispelled instantly that morning. Walking to our vehicles, I noticed a man standing under one of the lights closest to the house. I couldn't see his clothes, per se, but their outlines. He didn't have a trench coat. It looked to be mid-thigh Victorian-era coat tapered. He had on boots from what the outline suggested, a stove hat, and he was looking at a watch on a chain. He didn't cast a shadow of his own. He was black as night. It's amazing the things that can go through your head when something like this is happening. I could feel the evil coming off him in waves. It was almost like my adrenaline was about to make my heart explode. I was so terrified, I actually felt my eyes dilate. I began screaming at my mother to put my son in the car. Just go. Go right the fuck now. Not my usual vocabulary. Plus, they couldn't see or feel what I was feeling. My mother kept yelling, what's wrong? What's wrong? I walked back to her car and put my son in the seat and literally forced my mom into leaving without me. All the while, it's watching. I can't see it smiling, but I can't, if that makes sense. It made me sick to my stomach. We had a 500-foot-long driveway that led to a dirt road, very isolated. I didn't get in the car and follow my mother and son until they were at the end. I had to make sure it wouldn't follow them. I just looked straight at it, my heart running a 10K, and I'm standing still. I left finally to find my mother waiting for me at the end of the dirt road to the highway. Bewildered, I made her leave and called her for myself to explain why I'd acted like a crazy person. Strangely, she believed me. I don't think it was used to my reaction. I had to protect my family. Shit. Strangely, she believed me. I don't think... It was used to my reaction. I had to protect my family, even though I knew it was there for me. I don't know how I knew this. I just did. I hope they never feel that type of intense fear again, ever. I've met my quota in spades. Heather's potty mouth. Yeah, Heather, what the hell? I mean, it's <laughs> completely true if you actually know me. I'm the worst. My husband's like, okay, I feel like you're you know, the wife and mom's supposed to be the good one. No, he's like, I'm the one like Heather. 
Watch your mouth. Classic. Not a great role model. <laughs> this story and the previous story, uh-huh. kind of interesting to see the adrenaline dump because the other guy didn't say that, or woman didn't say that uh, it was adrenaline, but the fact that they were sore for about a week. That's you, weird, a, yeah. That's usually something with adrenaline. What if it's not adrenaline and she was like experimented on? Well, this isn't well, aliens. See, I feel like a Hat lot Man of the Hat Man stories you do come upon, like watching that documentary on sleep paralysis. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said that overwhelming sense of like fear mm-hmm. and dread when you see that. And that's kind of what I got from her. You know, like you just know that's not right and it shouldn't be there. Yeah. And kind of, I don't know. It sounds terrifying to me. It is. But I, I would say that that. Real or not, even if it's not, if I start having something, sorry to cut you off, Christian, but if I like woke up to shadow people, even if it's something you're hallucinating, it's got to be a terrifying thing. Whether it be in your mind or if it's a real entity, like it is. Yeah, it is. It it makes a lot of sense, the fear, but the the dark and, you know, foreboding personality of the hat man feels like a lot of it is our interpretation. Because most of these stories are not, I haven't heard him doing anything necessarily sinister. Mm. I mean, maybe all those people died and didn't tell their stories, but it's it's just a scary, I mean, it's going to be scary anyway when you see something in a place. That, that something's not supposed to be. Right. Yeah, I'm like, I, sh- yeah. I go to the bathroom at night and see a shadow. I'm scared. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I see myself like walk by a mirror and, I, and I, I'm not paying attention and it, that person scares me in the mirror and it's just because somebody mm. is there that's not supposed to be. Yeah. You understand the space you're in and what's supposed to be there. So even if it's an hallucination or an actual entity or just some kind of energy that's left over, Hmm. you know, if there's energy, we're going to put it together in a pattern we understand. Yeah. Which, you know, we talk sometimes about ghosts, maybe not being a spirit, but being a recording in history. What is it? Stone tape theory or something like that? A what? Is it the, the stone tape theory? What's that? Uh, I believe it's the where where it's almost like on a loop. Yeah, yeah. Like it's an Im- imprint in I haven't the heard that before. in the like minerals and stuff of the earth itself, right? Or, or held within. Yeah, that. something that just plays over and over again, and every once in a while somebody sees it. Yeah. Once we do see that something, that kind of energy, we're gonna put it together in a way we understand. Yeah. Even you know a guy in a hat, we don't quite understand why we're gonna see a guy in a hat. Hmm. I think. If we look back to the beginning of the phenomenon, like the 80s and 90s, you might see something in our collective consciousness that reached back to that. Especially when you think the end of the 80s, the beginning of the 90s, technology really took off and we left everything behind before that. Like old, old style television, old style stereos, everything was completely different so that that anything prior to the 80s was almost ancient technology or and, but we'd grown up on it. Those yeah. of us that watched a lot of TV, all the sitcoms that we watched that got us into what we thought the world was about. Yeah. When you get to the 90s, that fell apart. So maybe there's a correlation between starting to see the hat man around that same time. And Possibly. we could argue about what the hat man is all day long. But it, it came about in such a, a the beginning of this new technology age we're living in now that is just flying by us. Yeah. Or flying at us at warp speed. At that point, we were still on like 1950s level thinking as Americans. Sure, yeah. Just the end of it. And some of the struggles that came about at the end of the 60s and the 70s. But we still, as a nation, collectively, weren't really in that mindset of the technological world. 
Yeah. And then you come into the 90s and that happens so quick and it leaves everybody, grandparents, parents, their children behind. And then we get this phenomenon. I'm curious if maybe there's a connection there. Yeah, it, it could be if like what if um, and again, like this is just reported sightings that, you know, earliest you could probably find with just loose digging is the you know middle of the 80s or whatever. But I'm sure if someone actually you know, spent their life looking into these types of accounts, they might be able to find something from before then. Like, I don't think it just started in the 80s or 90s because it, it's too frequent of a thing for everyone to see that do see it to just be something that like randomly dawned in at the 80s. Like, so I think maybe it had a different name, maybe it had, you know, different lore behind it or different types of sightings. Well, and people stuff. didn't talk about it a lot. So yeah. I, I listened to one of the early confessional episodes um, where Tony Merkel's wife was on there. I'm sure you've listened to that one. And she, you know, episode three, he didn't uh, know until it was a car ride and they were listening to some other podcast and yeah. they described it and she kind of got like quiet and, you know, had this weird look and he's like, what's going on? She's like, that's, I've seen this, you know? Yeah. And told him the story and he's like, how have we been married? You've never told me, you know? Yeah. Uh, the story. And it's cause she's like, I never, I thought it was something that I just saw and kind of manifested you know, in my head. Like I didn't think any other people saw, you know? Oh, yeah this guy and so like again a lot of people see these things they don't talk about them mm. because especially in someone that else yeah it's like now you like know taboo. yeah there's more podcasts on this there's discussion there's it's mm. more of you know a genre people like this kind of stuff so they listen to it but it wasn't I, discussed about because i think you know if me if i see something i wouldn't want people thinking i'm crazy yeah so you know you keep it to yourself and it, it might be one of those situations where it sounds like it came from the 80s or 90s because that is when the technological boom happened. Exactly. And so we now started you sharing have people, things, you know, boards yeah. and blogs. And so well, that would make a lot of sense for me for that being like the sudden, you know, spawn of all these stories. I'm sure back out. in like the 60s and 70s, everyone's like, you're just doing LSD, yeah. pot, and you know, all these different things that people were on. I think we they may maybe saw different things at that time based on society at that time. I think that's why some of these stories have morphed through thousands of years. Yeah. It's probably the same thing, but the way we put it together, you know, the way we construct what we see or feel in our brain is going to change based on the culture we live in. Mm. So you can see it maybe a, a different explanation if you go to South America or yeah. Mexico, different if you go to Europe or Asia. Similar stories, probably the same type of thing, but a different way of describing it based on your culture and your upbringing and your myths and stories and legends from before that. Yeah. But if you have cultures that all see the same things, but have different names for it, wouldn't that be a stronger point towards it? I think so. That's like, why, I mean, like I said, people see so many different types. They see a man with a hat. It doesn't necessarily the same type of hat, but when you're having multiple people and different, you know, yeah. so commonly. But they didn't see the man with the hat prior to to the 80s well no that's what no, i'm saying is just, we just heard about it in the 80s yeah, because was, of the advancement in technology mm -hmm. i think you st we would still hear about it i I'm, think it took a different form before that but yeah. back then people didn't even communicate before you know with phones like you, you'd talk on the phone here and there but it wasn't like hey you know hey barb how you doing i haven't talked yeah. to you in a couple of weeks oh well you know this 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 and oh i had this weird dream you know and saw, saw this thing again. people were just you know when you when you didn't talk so much and you got together i felt like we talked on more of the big important things where now yeah. it's like we talk about this because it's right there at our hands so i see something crazy i'm gonna jump on and text a friend you know 
Yeah, hey, and this... there's a lot of anonymity in the on the internet too, so people can actually say stuff without fear of being ridiculed or yeah. or shamed or like judgment, anything like that. So it it would make sense that people decide that they can be um, be more honest with what they saw without the fear of being called crazy or this and that. But Especially when you were before times of answering machines. I mean, you could have went and tried to call someone to tell something, but they couldn't get, you know, it's just, it wasn't as easy to be connected and talk. Yeah. Well, Even though and, if we had phones, you had to, the person had to be home to talk to you, you know, and then shit, by then you might have forgot about it. And true. So I just think it's, a, I, I agree with Scott. A lot of these things, not just Hatman, all these entities that we hear about, they seem like we always go back to, well, it started around the 80s, the first accounts. Well, it just, well, and here's what, as being a, a person that was into conspiracies before the inter internet, mm. I never heard anything like this. And also, once we got the internet, some of the people that weren't young would have told us stories of Hatman from the 70s and 60s. But they were telling us different stories, but they were the same stories. Stories and that's, like what, though? Can you recall any of them? I, I mean, some of the sleep paralysis type entities has always been around, whether people saw them when they were asleep or not. And I, I think... There is a consistency through history of seeing these type of things, but it changes through history. But the fact that you can always go back historically and see these types of things or hear stories about things that people have seen yeah. tells you it's related. We, ju we just change the narrative through time based on the, where we're at. Mm. So the question would be is why, you know, whether you believe there's an actual entity or, or like me, it's more of a mental um, creation. There's a connection between them all and the internet and the fact that there weren't stories about the hat man necessarily that we hear even from the old timers tells me that it was a different form before then the hat part is completely fascinating if there's an entity that wears a hat he's around in a lot of different places does a lot of work scaring the crap out of people if it's a mental thing why does it why is it so important for this entity or this hallucination to have a hat and mm. what is the connection there so it's that's going way deeper than just the scary part of the story of having somebody walk towards you that's obviously not a real person. Yeah. And making your adrenaline you you have an adrenaline dump which totally changes your whole mental aspect the minute you you know you have that happen. Basically that's to make your body just survive. You're not thinking at that point. Yeah. And that's why people do crazy things when they are scared. True. It's just yeah. Your, your body and your brain goes into survival mode. Yeah. So let's, for a moment, just put aside the fact that you're 100% wrong. Let's just tuck that away real quick somewhere, right? This is a real entity. Let's take a walk with me into the freaky deaky and believe for a moment this is a real entity. Okay. Okay. What could it be? Like, what could the purpose of that be? You know, is it like a, a harbinger of, of doom, like a death omen? Or is it like an energy vampire that just feeds off of your fear? I think that. None of these stories sound like energy vampires. I mean, it maybe it does feed off our fear. I think so. With the changing of the faces, especially when you hear so many people having like a mirrored their face back, I think that always goes to an ultimate fear of like self-reflection well, and your inner, you know, demons coming back at you. I think whatever these are, shadow people, hat man, it's not going to like kill you. You're not going to die from them. But whatever they're doing, it's taking delight in that fear. And a lot of people report like like that lady in the story you read, Heather, where mm -hmm. she was like, I couldn't see it smiling, but I could. Yeah. You, know, like you, you just knew feel. it was liking that, you know, yeah. she's scared right now. But, which is yeah. makes me think that, OK, she couldn't see it smiling, but she knew it was smiling. I mean, we as humans are really good at reading facial expressions. We read micro expressions. We struggle 
with people that have had a lot of plastic surgery because there's no micro expressions and it throws us off. Yeah. And it's not like our brain doesn't function right. What is this person feeling? Yeah. It's, and we don't even realize it necessarily, but that's more than likely what's causing some of that when somebody gets too much plastic surgery. Maybe this person's seeing a little bit better than they think they are, but because of the fear and, and stress, they're not able to remember a lot of it, but they're seeing that whatever that face is. So then if you want to ask what it is, what kind of thing would have you see your face on its body? And why, if there is a, a being or an entity that is there, what is the importance of you seeing a lot of times your own face? Hmm. That's not a very common occurrence, though. That's like, I've only seen a few yeah. stories where it's like, oh, it was me. Like It's usually just a dark figure. Yeah. Like, you don't even see, the, I, I don't even hear a lot of people saying their facial expressions. It's just like a shadowy dark with the yeah. hat. It's, and, it's and that darker could be than dark. Two different yeah. issues. There could the person that's seeing their face feels more. It's something in their mind. Yeah, it's a manifestation of their brain. The person just seeing the figures, maybe not seeing a face, not realizing that there's a face there. I mean, a lot of that could just be the panic. Yeah, you know, you don't see the face because when you're panicked, you're watching for the claws or the the weapons. So you maybe focus on the body a little bit more than you would if you're just having a conversation with them. Um, so you're not going to see the face. But I don't really know where I was going with that. I got lost along imagining. You said panicked. And there was there was one time that I saw what I thought was a shadow person um, when I was walking in the evening. Daylight still. Uh, I was back in California City and I was out for a walk around the neighborhood. And I remember there's just this one point I was walking that I looked to my right and I noticed two shadows from me. Like it wasn't, it wasn't one, it was two. And the moment I noticed two, like it looked like one of them was moving a lot faster than the other. And I thought someone was like trying to come up on me. So I like jumped real quick and I, I turned around and nothing was there. The fact that I saw two shadows behind me was freaky because there's only one light source at the time and it was the sun. It wasn't, it couldn't have been bouncing off other stuff, but like in that one, it was, it was a split second thing. Like who, who's to say exactly what it was, but I saw two shadows coming from one light source or a different dimension. Yeah. I don't want to think about that, but. But yeah, it was just like, I, and that was actually something I just remembered when I was putting this episode together. I was like, damn, that was weird that, because it was just, you know, you're walking around the desert, which freaky enough as it is, it, it all took place in a matter of like four or five seconds and then it was over. And I was like, huh, guess not. And I just kept walking. Then again, I do scare easily. So, well, also in that region, in the past, California city, Antelope Valley area, there's a lot of Native American lore mm -hmm. yeah. in that area. So who knows? True. So I, I think that that just about wraps up this part. You know, we got to, to the end of our stories. Stay tuned for part two with Amanda. Yeah. Part, we'll part two is going to be great because, you know, Christian, you get to hear some personal, accounts. yeah, some personal mm -hmm. experiences coming from someone that has lived this stuff out. That isn't me. So maybe you'll trust them a little bit more. Um, also, it's not a lack of trust. Oh, no, it's I know. just yeah. that there's other options that could be happening. Yeah. And what those well, should what be explored. What I love about Amanda is always she's gone through nursing school. She's a nurse. She's a pretty level-headed, yeah, just open-minded person. And I every time I ask her, like, is this just you know exhaustion, tired, you know, hallucination? She's like, no. She fully one hundred percent believes in the freaky deaky. In the freaky deaky. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be uh, it'll be good. I'm actually super excited too to get her in here and talk to her. And she's always a delight to. Um, and again, I don't know if that's going to drop immediately after this one, like the following week, or if, if we're going to, you know, spread it out a little bit, but you'll know when it comes. And, um, 
In the meantime, if you get a chance, uh, you know, review the show, go on Apple Podcasts, write a review, try, nice to, be, one, try to be kind. Also, you know, check us out on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Freaky Deaky Pod. And then Heather's running the or the Facebook account at the Freaky Deaky Podcast. If you have an encounter with the the hat man and more particularly, if you know of any stories that predate the 80s of the hat man send them in yeah please write in because i would love to even if you guys don't you know want to tell them yourself if you write in a story we could read it off on here and we just want to hear more accounts like the especially from our viewers if you have something you've seen like i said we can troll reddit all day we can find stories but i it's more fun when we hear from you guys so if you have anything yeah. Or even if it's not Hat Man, you just have something you want to say, write in. Like, we want to hear. Yeah. And that's the uh, the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. You can also slide into our DMs and send it that way. Most of those have character limits, though, so it makes it a little difficult. Email or call is the best. If you don't know what the, the voicemail line is available on the website, if you have a short story that you want to share with your voice. So this has been part one of, of the hat man which is fake which is 100 percent real as christian will state when i change his voice in editing <laughs> yeah so so thanks for tuning in tell your friends and we will see you next time oh and one more no i'm just kidding should address the elephant in the room we had an earthquake earlier today oh was that the elephant in the room well yeah i was walking around the living room i guess i don't know but it interesting it shook us all up
classic. <laughs> yeah. I just I just got that. <laughs> yeah, we did have an earthquake before recording this. So if we sound a little traumatized, I'm it's not Alaska, traumatized. Though. Alaska <laughs> yeah. problems. Yeah, I literally was just pouring coffee as it was happening. And so the coffee stream was just shaking a little bit. Unfazed. Yeah, I just sat there and watched all you guys with that look. I yeah. instantly just thought of Scott's million bottles of beard oil. Yeah. Luckily, nothing state. broke. Came in here and I was like, well, what a Christmas miracle this is. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be a really uh, interesting start to recording if Scott just thinks just, of just tons of money he's just lost out yeah. broken oil bottles. But thankfully, they held on. Well. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. Damn, I had something I was going to say to that. I'm going to try that again. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky, your favorite radical left podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nailed it. That's we're gonna, us. We're going to do our best to keep our radical left political ideologies. So anyone wondering, we got our first bad review. Yes. While we try not to look into and read too much into them and take it to heart, the thing that really bugged us wasn't the negativity as much in it as them calling us far left, that we were pushing a far left agenda. And I think if you listen to our podcast enough, our rule kind of amongst us three is number one, we don't want to get into politics. We really try not to pull into religion. We just don't want to mess on people's beliefs. We're trying to be open-minded. And I can, I think, speak for all of us that far left does not fall into any of yeah, that is our the first agendas, uh, number one. And, uh, you know. I have a theory on why this person called us far left. Listen to the first episode, False Flags, and got no, five minutes in? No, I think it's more we don't take every conspiracy as being like the religion. Yeah. And I think that's like... In modern conspiracy theory, right now, everything on the internet that you kind of support is the truth. It doesn't matter whether it's not the truth. I mean, yeah. We and, keep an open mind, so that makes us far left. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't go down the path where babies are getting sacrificed by one part political party or the other. Yeah. Well, in, for, in all fairness, I go down that path every once in a while. So, yeah, but it's not true. So, I mean, we don't know for sure. But yeah, what, what I'm saying, this is the first time in my life that I have been called uh, a radical far left agenda pusher, like in my entire life. You know why? I don't do politics at all. I can't stand both sides. So, Same. and it, it, between the three of us, I'm sure like we don't even talk about it amongst ourselves. Like we all know each other's for the most part, but it's not, it's unimportant to the topics. At hand. No, it's <laughs> like, already pushed in the media enough and on yeah. social media, on the news that when I'm in my free time around my friends, the last thing I want to bring up is politics. So, yeah, you know, well, and if you do think we're far left, that's fine, too. And then if you yeah. don't like us, that's fine. Just don't leave a mean, nasty review. It literally, it's, you know, you don't have to take time on your day to say something mean. Well, that's what we always ask when you guys, you know, if you like the show, leave a review. If you don't, move on. find another podcast. Yeah. Don't listen to us. You or, don't have to go out of your way to say something yeah. mean mean and untrue. So look, you can you can be factual with why you don't like the show. Yes. You can say things that actually uh pertain to the the topics. So, like I'll give you the fact that the we, we don't dive hella deep on any of these subjects. We work within a time frame. We just enjoy talking about the stuff and we kind of research a little bit, but if you want more information on any of these topics, look into it yourself. Yeah, we all have full-time jobs that keep us busy in the daytime. You know, this is something we're strictly doing as a hobby and we know like Another review I went over and looked at our other reviews um, said, you know, great stuff. You can tell these people are still working out the kinks new. And that's something we're always priding on. Like, we know we're not perfect. We know our, you know, this is just three people, you know, doing this in what little free time we have to put it out. So, yeah, you know, we're not saying we're perfect. We're nowhere going to be near other podcast level of production, but we're getting there. And I don't think we have to apologize. For I'm not that. apologizing. We don't. We're just putting, we're and just it's putting, okay. I to... think this is something that just kind of gave all of us a little 
tension the past few days because yeah. we all kind of i i know i went over thinking i said anything to you know what i thought team far left you know we're start we're starting to do well if we get negative comments yeah you yeah. know what's hilarious you're doing actually, good if you're pissing someone off i yeah. actually thought remember when we talked about how how long is it going to take for someone to think we're a political shills or something for the government mm-hmm. it didn't take that long at all it's you know <laughs> two episodes in and we did it guys yeah. I, I i will take some of the blame there i'll give you all the blame because sometimes but... i'm like my view is hey if i'm running the government i would have made that same move i'm sorry yeah it's it's not like running your household or a business yeah so it's and you want your country to be safe so any of us would probably do some of the same things i mean yeah the, the at the end of the day the fact is if you're a basement dwelling troglodyte that only pops out of your mom's basement to come up for pizza rolls every once in a while this probably isn't the show for you okay so ricky ticky taco can take his ricky ticky ass somewhere else was that his name yeah. ricky ticky taco and it made me really mad because i love tacos so don't sit here and give me a bad you know taste about oh yeah. you know you know don't I, ruin tacos okay one of my favorite stories that i read and watched the movie as as a child was ricky ticky tabby yeah which is a great cartoon i do remember that yes so he's ruining a great great cartoon and a great he doesn't ruin, like it to me i'm like whatever i mean yeah some of it is like I, I'll look at it and be like, okay, is there something we can learn from this? Yeah. And okay. the answer is no. There wasn't it's because we didn't. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, it, well, even my husband, I sent him like right after Scott sent the screenshot in our group. I sent it over to him and he listens to the show. And, you know, he goes, yeah, he's literally pulling at straws. He goes, I've never thought you guys a sound far left or pushing any agenda. And he's like monotone voices. Like you guys are always laughing. Scott's always putting good sound bits in there. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll give him that Christian and I have, reg- like, relatively mo- monotone voices if we're reading something. Like, but personality-wise, no. Like, this is our voice. This is the way, yeah, like, we're goofy I get and so, yeah, and My husband's like, stuff. oh, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, some yeah. keyboard warrior had to say something mean, tear you guys down. So what? Keep going. Like, keep doing what you guys are doing, you know? Yeah. So if, uh, just to get this out of the way early on, if you are actually a fan of the show, fuck off, Ricky, leave us a review. And hopefully four or five stars. I'll take a three star if you're really not super satisfied with the work, but enjoy hanging around. You know, go on uh, Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Wherever you can leave a review, do it. It helps us grow and it gets Ricky's weird, uh, baseless comments about as far down as they can go. So And um, make it an entertaining review and we'll read it. Yeah, exactly. You don't just have to tell us how great we are. We, we're pretty self-confident. Yeah. In our own little we ways. Know. Okay. No, no, it's... But no, I'm just, just make it in, make it a fun one and we'll we'll read it. Yeah. So so what do you guys say? Should we should we drop all this nonsense and, and talk about the, the hat man for a bit? Yeah, yeah. I think we spent too much I'm time on that. I yeah. want to hear about the hat man and all his, you know, creepy tales. Yeah. So please I think do actually, tell. Like. I almost think you should put that at the end of the episode. Our little rant. Maybe I'll see how long it comes out after I if it's more than like three or four minutes. Because I don't want to give that guy yeah. that the too satisfaction much. of hearing and I, the and first actually, ten minutes of our podcast. We should bleep out his name. Like can part I, of it. Can I make his name like fuckwad or something instead? No, just do it like start with his name and bleep it out. Oh. Don't give him any Oh, any like don't reward him. Yeah, it'll be pretty easy for people to tell because the rest of them are five stars. Yeah. But Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll take a look at what it's like after it's trimmed down. If it seems like it's not too droning, then I'll keep it in the front. But okay. 